Welcome back, everyone. This is Aces Nutrition. My name's Tommy Sheridan, and I'm with Jessica Spenlove, the performance nutritionist, one of the world's best. And today, our episode is all about gut health. Spendy, gut health is a huge topic at the moment, and a lot of people want to know a lot about it. So I'm just going to start straight off the cuff. What is gut health? This is a great one. And I mean, first thing I want to say is like the hype is real. Like we should be talking about it. We should be thinking about it and we should be knowing what it is. So, I mean, at the core, like gut health refers to the function of your gut, your gastrointestinal tract, the digestion of your food, how well we absorb nutrients, you know, are we comfortable and regular? Um, That's kind of the initial part. The second thing is the actual makeup of what is inside our gut. So when we talk about gut health, we are talking a lot about the small intestines and the large intestines. Um, so your large intestines is your colon. It's what, you know, the last place of the body the food is before we go to the bathroom. And that is where our microbiome, particularly in those two parts, lives. You might be thinking, WTF microbiome. <laughs> <laughs> so basically that's just referring to the environment of the gut. So all of the makeup of the bacteria, the different organisms that live in there is that. So one, it's the function of the gut. Two, it's the environment of the gut. So think of it like the Daintree Forest. Like, you know, we might go to Queensland, we go to the Daintree, there's all these beautiful different trees and animals and everything getting about. That's ideally what we want for our gut and our microbiome. We want diverse species and microbiome, which we'll talk about how you get that. That is an optimal gut health. And then the third is also the connection with the gut and the brain. So the same cells are in our gut as in our brain, which is why the gut is called the second brain. The two are constantly in communication. So gut health encompasses all of that. There you go. Gee whiz. <laughs> what a, off the top, Spendy, you're Boom. on fire. Oh, wow. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to soak all that in. There's a lot going on there. I'm, so you got me. Do we in, need to break it down? Uh, um, yeah, to... break it down a little bit more. I'm in the forest okay. in Queensland at the moment. <laughs> I need you to bring it back for the, uh, I speak on behalf <laughs> of probably myself only, but just, it's, it's such a, again, there's a lot going on. So just. So one, one main function of the gut, as we would traditionally know it, is like, that is where the food we eat, you know, we eat it, it's in our mouth. That's the start of our gastrointestinal tract. So it goes from our mouth all the way down to our colon when we go to the bathroom. So we eat the food in our mouth, down our throat, to our stomach, where the food is all broken up and digested. It then passes into our small intestine, which is where all of the food starts to get absorbed. We extract nutrients, absorbs through there. It goes to the gut, it ferments further, we break things down a bit further, and then we go to the bathroom. So gut health is about that whole process feeling comfortable, not having like, you know, needing to urgently go to the toilet one day and then being constipated the next day, not having excessive wind, like being comfortable, but it also functioning and that we're digesting our food and we're getting that nutrient absorption. So that's step one. It's uh, No, I know what you're saying now. You've broken that down beautifully. I just off the top, we're going to ask other things, but I always hear, have some, have some fiber, mate, have some fiber. It's good. You know, it's good for your body. We, it sound, this sounds pretty outrageous, but when you go to the bathroom, we used to call it when you wipe your bottom and there's nothing there, it's called a Casper because it's just obviously a white bit of uh, toilet paper. That means you got a, you're on, you got a healthy diet because it's, you know, it's quite a solid, uh, how you going. Does that mean you've got great gut health and your diet's really good or is that a myth? 
Oh, look, it's, I wouldn't say like if, if that's the case, 100% you're sweet, it's all good because, I mean, there's a lot of, like it's quite normal. I, I think, you know, it's quite normal for when you go to the bathroom for it to be looking, you know, feel different each day. So, okay. you know, I guess if it's just extremes, like if you're like that urgency or if you're blocked up and you're not going for a few days and it's very uncomfortable. But, yeah, to your point, if you go into the bathroom and you're wiping and there's stuff there, that. That doesn't mean that your gut health bad. So okay, yeah. it's good to know. Geez, we're getting right into it today. What about the constipation? Uh, you haven't had a, a Boris, as I like to say, for a couple of days or a day or whatever. There's some people out there that might be mm. off and on like that. Why is that happening? So I mean, first thing there is like everyone's normal is different. Some people go multiple times a day, and some people go only every few days. So I guess you will know what your normal is. If you are going multiple times and then you don't go for a few days and it's quite erratic, then there could be something going on. Dietary influences and stress are generally the two things that like major factors. Um, but if if that's also again your common cycle, like it's it's really there's nothing there's not I can't sit here and go every single human should be going to the bathroom once a day for a number two. That's sweet. That's normal because that's not. It's like like I said, some people it's multiple, some people it's only every few days. So. Yeah, there's um, it's kind of working out what your normal is, and it just, you know, a lot of people do have gut issues. Like a lot of people have to go to the toilet urgently or get a lot of wind and bloating, and it can be quite like it can really impact their life. And if it's impacting your life, it generally means there might be something underlying there. Like yeah, it could be something more, um, like a you know, um, irritable bowel disease, um. IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or even something more chronic, which definitely needs investigating. But um. You shouldn't be in pain going to the bathroom or just that whole side of the coin. Yeah. Just on that, how do you – so when we were playing football, we'd get tested, we'd get our bloods done, wouldn't mm. we? And when we got our bloods done, this would determine how everything is across the board, wouldn't it? So um, getting your bloods done can look at, a f- like, different things. It can be, like, looking at, like, your electrolytes, your liver function, different hormones, like iron levels, vitamin D levels. So – um, yeah, it depends. Well, we can look at quite a few different things there. Is there a correlation between that and gut health? Have I just brought that up? Yeah, not necessarily. Like if, if, if you're kind of going down the path of like, how can you like measure your gut health from a test point of view? Like there are companies out there. Um, Microba is one of them, but you is know. Is this where they shove something up your bottom and. Well, you have to send samples. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So like. So it's a full on, if you, if you really want to do it, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've probably skipped ahead here, but I'm just going to get straight into it before I stick to the script. Kombucha. I love it. I love it. I smash it. I don't even know why I have it. It mm. just tastes good as well. Mm. Why Why is Why is it all the rave at the moment? Kombucha probably is all the rage because it's like a fermented drink and fermented foods, we'll definitely talk about it, but they are, from a gut health standpoint, one of the, the things to focus on, not the only thing. But, um, you know, I think the thing I like about kombucha is often people will be replacing something like a soft drink with that, which is a really like thinking of a healthy swap. Often we might be thinking we just want a little bit of sweet and if they make that switch, um, I mean, look, it can go the other way. I know when we used to get remedy in at the club and there was just boxes overflowing and boys was having five a day (laughs) kind of went the other way like they were like got to go to the bathroom so I think be mindful of anything in excess it can kind of work the other way but yeah look kombucha is something that's really great that's come to the mainstream market which I think if it is replacing something like a a soft drink um what a great substitution how many kombuchas a day a, a week 
Oh, look, I think um, one to two a day would be the would yeah, be the day, journey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean the other thing I, I did he, I did um, hear a dentist saying that the pH of something like a kombucha is quite high. So I mean I feel it's like everything. There's a there's a pro and a con. So if um, I think it's just knowing you've got that as an option in your toolkit for if you just want something and you know your water or your soda water or whatever's not ticking the ticking the box, it's quite a good option to go and have. Love it. So why is gut health all the rage at the moment? Is it really important? I mean, gut health is all the rage because it's such a new emerging area of science. Like in the last five years, more than 80% of what we know about gut health has emerged and, you know, there's just so much research being done. So it's kind of like we're at the tip of the iceberg, which is really exciting. Um, And the more we learn, the more we're just finding out how much what we eat what that influences our microbiome, influences so many short-term and long-term kind of health consequences. So I've got a list here. And again, you know, it's kind of like we do need to kind of say this and give like a caveat that everything like if we're not if we're if we're eating a certain way or not eating a certain way it doesn't mean every single one of these things is or isn't going to happen. But what I guess I'm calling out is research has shown that our gut health And our microbiome can influence everything that I'm about to mention. So it includes the digestion, like our overall digestion and absorption of nutrients, which makes sense because we've touched on that's the gut's kind of main function. Big role and relationship with mental health and mood. And I think that's something we, you know, we're going to kind of touch on it today, but that could be another episode, food and mood. And again, the ring. I like that. I like the ring to that as well. Yeah, it's got a little catchy catchy name but a lot of that has to do with the fact that like I mentioned the gut and the brain are in constant connection few reasons same cells in the gut to the brain our biggest nerve in our body our vagus nerve that's the thing that connects our stomach to our small intestine so that's like oh I've got a big game of footy and I'm a bit nervous and the butterflies are going oh I've got to get on a stage and speak and I get a bit nervous and it's like oh got to go to the toilet like that's your biggest nerve in your body direct communication to your brain. So that kind of adrenaline, I'm a bit nervous, got to go to the toilet. There you go, the vagus. The vagus nerve. The vagus nerve. V-A-G-U-S. Oh, not spelled the same as Las Vegas. Yeah, that is spot on. That is so relatable. We've all been there, whether you're playing sport or you're in a competition or you've got to do a public speaking or whatever growing up and then all of a sudden the occasion gets the better of you and you're like, hang on, I've got to go to the bathroom. Mm. So Mm. that's that nerve you're talking about. Yep, yep. Brain and gut connection, always happening. Um, look, a few other things like inflammation, allergies, kind of like inflammatory conditions like um, arthritis and Alzheimer's, asthma, risks of certain cancer, diabetes and heart disease. So like there's so much going on down here that influences, again, this long-term kind of chronic disease development, which has to do with like overall inflammation. Like the list goes on. I guess the takeaway is your gut health influences literally everything. Um, so it is something we should talk about. It is something we should learn about. And, you know, it's about walking away with practical tips, which is what we're going to get to because I appreciate this might be a lot of info up front. But it it's, is. You know, it's for the people that want the info, it's there. But for the people that just, like, tell me what to do, we're, we're going to get to that. And that's what I'm like. It's, uh, what you just said is great. Now I'm going, right, solutions, Spendy. I need solutions. What are three tips for better gut health? So get your pens and paper out, guys. So number one is plant diversity. So this is one of the key factors that comes to this 
beautiful Dane tree that we want to get in our gut. So optimizing this microbiome. So with our plants, there's six categories. So we've got our whole grains, we've got our fruits, we've got our vegetables, we've got our nuts, we've got our seeds, and we've got our lentils and our legumes. Now there's a bit of a magical number. Across the week, we want 30 different types of plants in our diet. Whenever I tell this fact, it's like mind blown, sounds like a lot. Well, we're going to give you some simple hacks. When you actually break it down, once you have this awareness and the lens, you can do a few simple swaps. So, for example, let's go our burrito bowl, which I love. Rather than putting white or even just brown rice with it, we get a multi-rice cup with three different grains. We've gone from one plant to three. We cook our beef mints. Rather than just having beef mints on our own, we add in a can of four bean mix. We've gone from no no plants to four. All of a sudden, we're up to seven. Then when we go to our salads, rather than just going lettuce, we go a mixed leaf combination. There might be another three. Then we want to add in, you know, some tomatoes. We want to add in some cucumber. And all of a sudden, we've got a meal which had like maybe three plants in it. We've got like 12. So, you know, having that awareness, six, six categories, 30 plants a week, Another thing can just be if you're a banana a day kind of guy, like maybe every second day swap that for a different piece of fruit. So then you're getting options in there as well. So plant diversity and aiming to get 30 different plants a week is number one. And, you know, I guess, again, that's why for me, one of the things I tell everyone is all the colors all the time. So if you're getting lots of different fruits and veggies, if you're getting those whole grain, high fiber carbohydrates, it's speaking to that point. And great. You've explained that. Very well, because when you said 30, I went, geez, here, oh, we, no. here we go. Unrealistic. Here we go. But then you break it down like that, and it's very achievable. Mm. Mm. Very achievable. Are there any other tips? So you might have heard of probiotics, which I'll touch on in a second, but more, more importantly are what we call prebiotics. So this is where fiber maybe comes into the mix. So different types of foods have these prebiotic-rich fibers in them. Resistant starch is the kind of real gold standard one, but all fibers are good. And the reason why prebiotics get the kind of gold star is because they are fiber which we eat and we know passes to our gut. So it passes, it ferments, gets to the gut, which is like the kind of like athletes. It's like we need more carbs. It's premium fuel to go and run. Fiber and prebiotic fibers is like the gold standard fuel for our gut bugs. So these are things like our oats, particularly if we soak them. So I know I spoke about overnight oats a lot before because it's quick and convenient, but soaking the oats actually increases the amount of prebiotic fibers. So double win, we love that. Um, Other things like onion, um, garlic, some kind of less common veggies like Jerusalem artichoke or chicory root, unripe bananas, which I know are not very appetizing to eat, but there is something called like a green banana flower. So I don't know if you're a Sunday morning pancake person, if you kind of blend some green banana flour, which you can just bite the supermarket with normal flour, you're getting that kind of hit there. So prebiotics as well as plant diversity, really, really kind of gold star for better gut health. And the last one, which is kind of where like kombucha maybe fits into the picture or where it kind of gets a real halo is fermented foods. So um, some really cool kind of research has come out of Stanford University showing that eating fermented foods, if we increase the amount of that over 10 weeks, we optimize our microbiome and it also has some anti-inflammatory effects as well. So, and some real like immune supporting 
um, roles as well. So when we talk about fermented foods, it can be things like kefir, which is like a fermented yogurt, yogurts as well, fermented veggies, which is a really easy one, like your kimchi and your sauerkrauts or, I don't know, into some cool like little Lebanese deli in like Potts Point the other week and they just had like carrots and cauliflower like fermented in a jar. I mean, I could also make that, but probably not going to. And I was like, oh yeah, grab me some of that. So if I make a little bowl at lunch, I just put some on, but they're really good. Um, Fermented cottage cheese and just your all round fermented veggies. So starting like while some of them are a little bit like maybe not super mainstream, like if, if you can just find a way to kind of add it, add it to the side of your lunch or add it on a wrap, um, it will have some really positive positive effects with your gut health. I love it. So you've just described what gut health is, um, why it's important, some tips for better gut health and some easy hacks for your 30 plant rule. Mm. When when a, uh, a client of yours, I like to say, has come to you and they're paying for that VIP treatment so you can sit down, understand what they can and can't have and what they like, have you had many people in this gut health, uh, I guess, problem and then you've given them all these solutions and then how do they feel after they've applied all these solutions? So the other thing to point out here is if we are changing our nutrition a lot, adding a lot of fibre, we need to do it slowly because similar to, you know, we don't go and bench press 100 kilos when not training and we don't go and run a marathon, our little gut bugs, if we've only got so much of these good gut bugs that feast on the fibre, and we've gone from zero to 100, it's a big shock to them. And also by eating more fibre, we actually do produce more gas. So you can become very bloated. It can be quite uncomfortable. Um, So it's like anything. We want to just build over time. So, um, and I guess to your point, like people might not often come and see me for gut health, but when I work with someone longer term, like initially it's for a performance outcome, which is, you know, we match their training to their nutrition but then when we want to take it that next step up, it's looking at that diversity piece as well. So we're getting those long-term well-being benefits of good gut health. So you're saying that don't do it, go zero to a hundred. Does that mean you don't go straight to no plants to 30 plants? I mean, I imagine some people are already hitting 15 plants, mm. but is that what you mean? Or you, Yes. So yeah. just ease your way in. Yeah. Ease your way in. So maybe it's like, you know, with the dinner example I gave of the, the Mexican bowl, yep. maybe we're just swapping the rice cup. We're going to start by swapping brown rice to multi-blend. Um, if you're someone that doesn't eat fruit and you, you're increasing that, we maybe just go to one piece a day rather than go to two or three. So, so little progressions, consistency over what period of time for everyone listening? I'd say I'd start with every kind of second day and build it to daily. And then we're looking at, you know, one to two months, just kind of building it up, increasing it. And if you have a day or two where you don't have any of this stuff, do you then get a little bit of gut? pain or no you won't get gut you won't get gut pain like you it's it's again it's this consistency piece like it doesn't have to be every single day but if the majority of your time you're shifting to eating like this it's going to have those kind of long-term benefits so it's funny you mentioned multi-rice mixed nuts beans mints muesli but with your mints sorry muesli bars frozen berries mixed grain muesli multi-leaf packets fruits and vegetables if it's achievable you, it's you should be right there if you're not you obviously got a lot of work to do because most things you eat that are healthy are the things that you just named and I just read out. That's it. Yeah. It's uh it's fantastic stuff. And it's again, it's it's fantastic to to be able to ask you the questions on behalf of everyone because this was a surprising one for me. Mm. I don't know a lot about gut health. I mm. thought it was just common knowledge that uh, you know, that 
well, to be honest, it's a bit naive. I just thought that wasn't that big of an issue compared to other things yeah. going on, but it was such a hot one on the survey. It was. There were a lot of questions came up about it and probably the only one we haven't touched on is around like probiotics and, you know, what they are and do we need to take them? I think a lot of people have heard of probiotics. They kind of connect that with gut health, but, you know, you don't have to take a probiotic to have good gut health. Um if I compare, so a probiotic is like a food or a supplement which has had a bacteria put in it. So, you know, like a, a probiotic that you think the capsule, we used to take them at the giant. So that is a capsule and it's had a certain strain of probiotics put into it. Similarly, you can get foods like yogurts which have had probiotics added to it. They're not bad, definitely not, but the reason I tell people to focus on the prebiotics more so is because when you ingest a food or a supplement with a probiotic, it goes through the stomach, very acidic environment, and there's a lot of damage. So we actually lose a lot of the probiotics. And then whatever's left kind of goes to our gut and we're essentially transplanting, you know, that bacteria into our gut. Whereas a prebiotic is a fiber, which we know doesn't digest in our stomach and is passed to our gut and then sits there, which the bacteria feast off. So it's kind of like a percentage of the probiotics will kind of pass through and we'll transplant them there or we'll guarantee that the fiber will get there and that's what the actual bacteria in our gut likes to feast off. So it's kind of, I say this, not they're both very good, but it's kind of like focus on the stuff we know that's going to get there because often a lot of those probiotic products can be quite expensive and also like the different strains have different purposes. So I'd say, you know, consult a professional and if you want like a specific purpose for taking one. So you're saying to summarize, just stick to the 30 plant rule first? 30 plants. And then worry about that other stuff later on if you yeah. if you need it. But just stick to the basics. Totally. Like anything in life, just do the basics well. I know. And it's so like, you know, we always come back to it, but it's like the basics bring the benefit. Like the basics deliver the results. We just don't get it. You know, again, the compounding, we're compounding the benefits of the basics. Well, that is why we have teamed up, Spendy. You are the best in the business. That is episode four. Of Aces Nutrition, ladies and gentlemen, gut health. We've covered it all there. Like I always say, if you appreciate Spendy's work and you want more and you're really enjoying these podcasts, please share them, tag us right in, but most importantly, subscribe to our channels um, and give us a review on the way so that we know how to improve and keep delivering value for you all. Spendy, you've nailed it again. Uh, gut health, a lot of people out there are better off with that podcast in their uh, ear holes, as I'd like to say, <laughs> listening, unless they're watching. But that was a fantastic episode and that gives everyone a great uh, understanding of what it is and what they can do for um, a few a few tips for a better life. That's it. 30 plants. Learn it. Do it. Thank you for listening. So we'll see you next time for Aces Nutrition with the best performance nutritionist in the world, Jessica Spenlove. 